I'm Rachel. And I'm Shelly. And it's a Miyamario. No, it's not. Oh. What is it then? It's chicks and dicks. <laughs> so we're back. We're back. Of How's course. it going, Rach? It's going. It's Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Oh, happy Hanukkah. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. I saw a meme on Facebook recently, and it was, imagine if your iPhone battery lasted eight oh, days. yes. A Hanukkah miracle. And, <laughs> and I was like, wow, that really trivializes the whole thing. <laughs> I, know, I heard that joke. I thought it was kind of funny. Oh, well, being not Jewish, I was like, wow. <laughs> I guess you guys have more of a sense of humor than I do. <laughs> well, and, by the... you, and by you guys, I mean guys. you guys. <laughs> you people. Well, here's the thing, right? I guess we're sort of living in this time where, like, anything's hilarious and everything's offensive. Mm-hmm. So. I think that's an excellent way to sum it up. What do you do? Right. I know. And we're, we're extra offensive and hilarious because <laughs> we do this podcast. That's right. <laughs> the best of everything. Yep. Uh, yeah. So it's Hanukkah. I made Sufganiyat, which are donuts, and they were okay. Why don't you just say fucking donuts? Because they're Jewish donuts. And oh. I have to say it in Hebrew. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a jelly filled donut. It's not like a ring. Junuts? No, that's not it. <laughs> that's something else. Oh. I don't think I've ever tasted one of those. <laughs> <laughs> now she gets it. A little slow on the uptake. Wow. <laughs> what are you drinking? <laughs> I am drinking a... Um... Villa Maria uh, Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand. Oh, I didn't. I thought you didn't like New Zealand, or is it just Australian wines you refuse to drink? It's not all Aussie wines. It's just Yellowtail in particular. Oh, okay. And also Wolf Blast. I don't. I don't like Wolf Blast. But honestly, like I have a. I, you're you're right. Like I do have a bias against the Aussie wines. There are a few that I've had in Australia that were quite nice, mm-hmm. um, but nothing that they export to here. Oh, well. <laughs> As is the case. Sorry, Australia. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry, Australia. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. And you? What are you having? I am drinking a red wine, Mm -hmm. partly because everyone in the book drinks red wine, but mostly because we had red meat for dinner. So red wine with meat. (laughs) (laughs) How you been? How was your trip? Yeah, I was at West. I went to the World Cup. Uh, Wendy and I, if I want to cross promote, do a skiing podcast called Going Downhill. And I have to say, I nailed it. And also one day I actually had no voice whatsoever. Yeah. Um, 4.30 in the morning is a little late to party and to do a podcast the next day. Oh, you're just <laughs> getting old. That's all that is. I, I know. had someone and say that to me a while ago and I took offense. So now I'm just paying that one forward. <laughs> so I have to tell you, the one thing that I actually caught as a bit of a surprise was... Um, I was on the dance floor with uh, an American team coach and he was an excellent dancer, like an excellent dancer. Like he made me look really good oh. and that takes a lot. And we were dancing to country music and I don't even like country music. So, so it was really a good dancer. 
Yeah, he was excellent. <laughs> so anyway, so he's tossing me around, and then everybody's like, you know how you grind with people in the Discord, even if you're drunk, it's like the fun like yeah, thing course. you do. So I'm grinding, and then this woman comes up to me, and she's grinding with me, and she's quite a person of influence, and she like puts her hand on my ass, and like the lingering hand. Oh, you know what I mean? And like I was a like, bit of a rec- uh, recommendation, oh yeah, my God. Little- suggestion. Invitation. Yeah, That's yeah, the word and, I'm looking for. And then she like, and then she would like constantly put her hand on my shoulder, and like as I was like, oh, you're married to a man. Well, <laughs> like, I was like, what does maybe? that matter? <laughs> exactly. But I was just like, it was one of those things where I was like, huh, D- didn't really think of that. Then, like yeah. it's just one of those things where I'm like, the next day I even woke up and I was like, hmm, well, yeah. she's cute, so I'll take it. <laughs> but like, I won't, I won't take it. But nice. All right. <laughs> things that happen on the dance floor yeah exactly i was like kudos to you lady all right on well good for her and good for you yeah exactly i'm like yes well i've been told before by a couple of gay friends that i would make a very popular sporty dyke oh okay <laughs> yeah i know and i'm like oh at least at least someone finds me attractive <laughs> well you weren't dressing the part for a while when you had those shorts no it was <laughs> it was prior to the shorts and the shorts were gym teacher dyke <laughs> That's still sporty. A gym teacher yeah, no, is sporty. No, no, I know, no, but this is like way, this is like 10 years even before that. <laughs> yeah. No, I guess I've always been dressing kind of dykey. Well, no, that's not fair because I, 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 I retract that because just because you're sporty and I've run into other girls who are quite sporty, it still means, it doesn't mean you're dykey. No, not at all. And I, and I, I resent it a little bit because in one sense, like, yes, I could according to my gay friends be very popular but also at the same time i don't think it's good to put anybody in that kind of camp well i guess it's just up to well here okay so here's kind of related um a friend of mine (laughs) well just in terms of like putting people into boxes i guess and a friend of mine was talking to some people about being jewish because she's jewish uh, and then there was this question. It's like, well, like how what what defines you as being Jewish? And it was this issue because it's usually it's matrilineal, like in sort of conservative yes. and um, Orthodox Judaism. But you know, what if you're still raised in a Jewish home, but your mother isn't Jewish by like conservative or Orthodox standards? And so she was asked, it's like, well, you know, what how like what does that mean? How do you determine if you're Jewish? And she, her answer was. Well, that all depends on whether or not you want someone else to tell you who you are. Oh, I'm like, that is a good answer. That is a very good answer. Yeah. Oh, all right. So, anyway, we should probably get to back to the opposite of Judaism, which is fucking Venice. <laughs> Venice in the... I'm not even sure what century... What book, what book did you recommend this week, it's Rachel? Set. Okay, so this week it was my choice. And I selected Venom by Fiona Paul. Okay, first of all, I think the title is terrible. Well, it's got nothing to do with the story. I know, nothing. Like, there's nothing. nothing. Except for one thing, it's like, the only, there's one line, and it's like, love is like venom. It, like, seeps into your veins or something like that and changes yours. I can't like, remember. It's like... Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's no. a good Otherwise, title, other... but not for this book. No, I was thinking it was going to be, like, at least a snake bite or something. <laughs> Me? Who knows? Okay, so, shall I synopsize? Please do. Cassandra Caravello is one of Renaissance. Oh, okay, Renaissance. Renaissance Venice's lucky elite. 
With elegant gowns, sparkling jewels, her own lady's maid, and a wealthy fiancé, she has everything a girl could desire. Yet ever since her parents' death, Cassandra has felt trapped, alone in a city of water, where the dark and labyrinthine canals whisper of escape. When Cass stumbles upon a murdered woman, practically in her own backyard, she's drawn into a dangerous world of courtesans, killers, and secret societies. Soon, she finds herself (laughs) falling for Falco, a mysterious artist with a mischievous grin and a spectacular skill for trouble. Can Cassandra find the murderer before he finds her? And will she stay true to her fiancé or succumb to her uncontrollable feelings for Falco? Beauty, love, romance, and mystery weave together in a stunning novel that's as seductive and surprising as the city of Venice itself. I have to say, out of all the synopsis we've come across, that one is more accurate than most. Well, this that's it sold me on the book. I'm like, mm-hmm. murder? Secret societies? I'm in. Okay, so I think the secret society thing is going to come in later in the series. So I think we just have to ignore that aspect. It's not. It's like barely there. Yeah. It so, hardly and, exists. And I think it's going to come into the series. It is. This is, this this is, is obviously like the first book of many. It is. Secrets of the Eternal Rose, number oh. one. Oh, there you go. And so. that was the whole secret society thing is sort of the, one of the reasons why I chose the book. And then you find out that it, like... Has it, nothing to do with it, mostly, until really later nothing, Well, it's sort of like, it crops up here and there, but the story never goes into it. And then at the at the end, when um, Cass's fiancé, Luca, he's like, have you heard about the Eternal Rose? And she's like, no, what's that? He's like, eh, never mind. It's like, yeah. no, 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 we mind. Uh, we mind yeah, very yeah, we much. Mind, we mind a lot, <laughs> yeah. You're going to be so open about everything else, but you're just going to be like, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> table that one for yep. maybe the third or fourth book in this ridiculous exactly. series uh, yeah nothing, yeah there's nothing that a girl wants more than to withhold withhold information well that's all this book is <laughs> i know so <laughs> let's 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 go into this book all right so <laughs> we begin with Cass, cassandra cassandra caravello Caravello, eh. <laughs> it's a me. <laughs> and uh, it's a me, Mario. In Venezia. <laughs> so she, I, I don't think she ever starts off as, she's a curious character from the very beginning. You get the impression she always carries around a journal. She's a little bit different than the other girls. Uh, she's more curious and more outgoing, but at the same time trying to struggle with the fact that she should be a little bit more demure, but doesn't want to be. Yeah, she just sort of feels... I think part of the problem is that she lives on an island outside of the city. Mm-hmm. And so her parents she, died when she was young. She used to live in the city, and now she's outside the city. And now she lives outside the city with her aunt in this crumbling villa. And I guess she feels a little disconnected from society, in the city uh and she also just has a problem sort of following the rules of a proper lady which you know i understand she's rebellious and what have you and that's totally fine she's also envious of her friend mada who's getting married Uh, well it's sort of hard to tell so yeah so her friend mada is prettier and richer but that doesn't really bother cassandra that much because she's not really that competitive 
And that is getting married to a man that she's completely in love with, and he's in love with her, and it's... Yeah, it's really... And that's a very sweet love story. And is, it is very nice. Meanwhile, she's got this fiancé whom she hasn't seen in three years. She didn't like him at the time. She doesn't know anything about this dude now. Um, and is really unhappy with this idea of being... Forced into something when she what? doesn't know what she wants. Exactly. And I guess that's something that everybody can relate to. However, I really grew to hate Cassandra. Yes. She too. is... She doesn't grow up at all throughout this entire book. No, she not at all. She kind of gets dumber, I think. Yeah, she becomes <laughs> less less astute, and her observations are worse. So anyway, so she's in her friend Livy dies. That's yeah. The book starts with a funeral. Yeah, the so her friend Livy dies, and she is looking out her window and her um, house is right next to the graveyard. Yes. Where Livy's family has their mausoleum. Yes. So she decides to go to the mausoleum and finds that her friend's body has been switched out for another woman's who has like a big murder. So has been strangled and has a massive X carved into her. Like, yeah, she's been strangled and slashed. And so, and, and when she leaves the tomb, she finds another person, and it's this dude Falco who's like super hot. <laughs> yeah, because yes, because that's the first thing you think of when Falco when you find your dead friend is missing and been replaced yeah. with a whore. Oh, hot guy. <laughs> yeah. Hi. <laughs> hey, what are you doing here? I'm I'm just here for you know like just I'm wondering just, what just, I'm just wandering around being hot because I'm a hot yeah. guy. Yeah, because I've, I, you know, you've lived on this island for years and never seen me before, so it's fine. Yeah, don't, wor- don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We're here all the time. You just never know it until tonight, until you came to see a friend. It's okay. <laughs> so, Cassandra is preoccupied by her missing, her friend's missing body. Her missing friend's body? The missing body. <laughs> um, and this sort of drives her to team up with Falco to find out kind of what happened to her friend and also who murdered this girl and put her body in the tomb. And, and oddly, you don't really get why Falco's there to begin with. But at the same time, you also don't know why Falco just doesn't fuck off from the very beginning. <laughs> I guess he just finds her kind of hot and he's, I think... Yeah, that's just the other problem with the book. You don't really understand what Falco's motivations are because when you find out what happened about Falco, about Falco and what he's up you're like, to, you're like, so why the fuck were you? Why are you hanging out with it? Like, yeah, what is the point of all of this? Yeah, exactly. Why? So are anyway, you... well, we'll get there, okay. but I'm just, yeah. just now, just take note, Falco, no motive. <laughs> so she and Falco just sort of like. She sneaks out at night and they fuck off to Venice and they just kind of run around town getting into trouble, doing a really bad job trying to unravel a mystery. And the, but, the book moves along at a fairly good clip. And I actually yeah. was really enjoyed it for the first part. And the, and the good clip just basically comes from the fact that, you know, she's going out with this guy and he's kind of a rebel, despite the fact that you have no idea why he would be there. But like, if you just dismiss that plot and I'll, like that hole. Just don't you, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, if you if you just don't worry about it, you're kind of like, oh, that's cute. Like they're trying to solve a mystery together. They're going and like the tension comes from her kind of sneak out and then sneak back in, and she mm-hmm. has a very faithful maid that helps her out with these things. And it's and it's actually quite as sweet and not like 
depending how you define sweet, but it's like actually quite a good story in that regard. It is. And I feel like it probably could have been developed more. Again, there's, she's not good at developing her characters because the maid, it turns out, um, is actually like, she's yeah. Cause like, Cassandra so wait, doesn't wait, wait. know she can trust her maid, and then you find out later that I think the, you're the jumping maid ahead a little cool. bit. No, I'm just, but I'm just sort of trying to kind of lay the groundwork for my reservations I had about the book. Okay. Just in terms, so like, and I mentioned reserve that away. Cassandra doesn't develop, and then there are problems with the, how her relationships develop and these other characters develop. So you're, she's worried that her new maid isn't going to be as cool as her old maid was. But it turns out that the new maid, even though she's like a little bit more timid and a little bit more, I guess, I don't know if naive is the right word, uh, but it turns out that she's actually like, she's a good person. She's loyal to Cass. She'll keep her secrets for her. Um, and then, but that relationship only really develops right at the end. And I'm like, this could have been kind of teased out over the course of the novel instead of like, all of a sudden Cassandra has to trust her and it's fine. And now... Here's another moment in the book where we kind of catch up with their relationship. Well, let's let's go over those moments. Okay? So like it starts off there she's going on this murder mystery tour to find out who replaced Livy's body essentially with this murdered girl. So they have to find out who the murdered girl is. So they go out, they find a physician's house that's essentially full of dead bodies. Yeah, like a trial house. from this guy. So he's like the first suspect. And the one thing I did enjoy about this book <laughs> he's is the that... the first and only suspect. Yeah. And that promptly the... goes nowhere. Yeah, and, and, so, and so they go and they, instead of teasing that one out, but they go to somewhere else and they find, you know, um, another suspect, essentially, um, at a... But it's at a masquerade ball. And... This person, like, they go to a couple, they, they come into some dead ends. They're just basically looking for the identity of these women. They find the identity of the women that were murdered. If they had just waited three days later, they would have found it anyway. <laughs> but whatever. So they find out who it was. And then they go to a masquerade ball and they meet a guy with a falcon mask. And he's super creepy and twitchy. And, um, and Falco is off somewhere fucking off because that's what he does. He says he's going to protect her yeah, and then leave. He just like, he's always peacing out. And then he comes yeah. back. It's like, where were you? Business. I was exactly. conducting business. It's like, I what the fuck, like, dude? I felt like when Falco always <laughs> left, and this is going to be a very Canadian reference, and we're going to have to explain this reference. <laughs> but I felt like, there was always like Pokeroo would come around when this guy left <laughs> and she would just be like, but Pokeroo is here. I missed him like, again. I missed him again. And like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like that's. <laughs> but that's not what was happening. He wasn't, he wasn't sneaking off to then come back as somebody else. No, 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 no. Pokeroo was always something different, by the way. He wasn't the same guy. No, Pokeroo is just someone you see when you're alone. Yes. And then when you say that you saw him, everybody's like, well, I didn't see him. Well, I didn't see you're making it up. Or no, I was away. It's like, oh, I just missed him. Hmm. Uh, And then I figured it's just because, well, that guy, he's also, he's in the Pokeroo costume. So (laughs) if you're in a different country and don't understand in Canada what we're talking about, it's (laughs) P-O-L-K-A-R-O-O. Google it because it's super fucked up for your childhood. (laughs) Please, please look it up because yeah. it is 
impossible to explain the, the costume or the fact that every child from TV Ontario loved this guy. Yeah. It's a he whole the generation of Canadians who just know exactly what that means when you yeah. just mention Pokeroo. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so Canadian. I love it. <laughs> anyway, so so he, he Pokeroos it all the time. And um and and she's always like, What? <laughs> so Right? Like she's an idiot. And then every time she's like, Ugh, I I'm gonna find out what he's up to. I'm you know, I'm not gonna take his crap anymore. And then he shows up and she's like, Oh, Falco, your touch lights me on fire. It's like, bitch <laughs> It's time to get some answers from this jerk. I know, and it's and then he, he draws a picture of her and it reminded me of Titanic. <laughs> yeah, very much so. It was exactly I mean, the and same. He puts scene. a fucking necklace on her and yep. everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's <laughs> totally Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my but she's just she's so uh what's the word I'm looking for? Not wishy washy. But throughout the entire book she always she has like these fainting spells and I can't breathe. I feel uh you know what it is? It's that she's supposed to be like demure and aristocratic and stereotypically uh, feminine's not the word I want, but like delicate. But I that's guess. but that no, but uh, like that's what but she's that's supposed where, to but be. But that's where it. But that, she but I, acts like some sort of hothouse orchid. Absolutely, and, like, and I, that's, I'm like, and that's get your problem. shit together. Well, that's you the problem. escaped a charnel house. Why are you now fainting in a crowd because there are just too many people around you and you can't handle it? Well, and that's the problem that I had with the book. Is basically I, like she, she plays between both and she can't so make up her mind. Aggravating. Yeah. No, I agree. Like that's a real turnoff for the character. And this is what I'm saying. She doesn't develop. If she started the book like this, that's fine. If she ended the book as someone who was a little bit stronger and a little bit more sure of herself and a little bit more confident, but that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And these fainting spells get worse throughout the book. I know, and that's <laughs> what I didn't get. And I'm like, I okay, like there's trauma and backwards. so on and so forth. But you, like, but here, here's the thing, right? She's like, there's trauma and there's so on and so forth. But then there's also there's so on and so forth. <laughs> yeah there's so on and so forth but then there's like the fact that she meets certain challenges with uh augusto and other ones she's just fainting well what is she what challenge does she meet with like but that's it at the like start she, of the book she'll like run away from a killer instead of fainting right in front of him or she'll like feel a body's touched and like see a hand in a fucking body no she ran like, away from that she freaked right the yeah, fuck but, out when she saw that body yeah but she still freaked out she didn't faint and yeah, she faints but then, with a whole bunch but, of fucking bodies around, like people. But she faints because it's a big crowd. Exactly. And Give me a break. Saying, like, but that's what that's the, the time... problem with the book. That's I know, I know. Saying. I, I mean, I'm agreeing with you, and it's like it's just one of those things. You're like, when is she not like? I don't understand. But, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if she were this um, delicate, delicate flower at the start of the book, where she just <laughs> fainted at the drop of a hat, and then. Through all of these adventures, she gained a little bit more confidence and she was a little bit more courageous. Then at the end of the book, she would be fainting all the goddamn time and she'd be able to take care of herself when the time came. Well, I totally agree. And she wouldn't get led by the nose to her own death. 
A hundred, a hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. I agree with you. So let's get to the led to her own death part because there's just a lot of filler in between this. Well, that's just, as I said, the book starts off, we're moving along at a good clip. And then like every other book that we've read, everything all- comes to a grinding halt about halfway through. Yeah. And so nothing anyway, happens for a while. So 150 pages go by and. <laughs> and then. And nothing. then it's Matt's wedding. And then it's Matt's wedding. Um, and she, so she, re- she recognizes she hasn't been a good friend to Matta these past few weeks. She's been a little too involved with this murder mystery that she can't tell anyone about. Uh, and then, but promises like, okay, I'm going to be there for your wedding. I'm going to be there the whole day. You're my best friend. This is really important to you. It's important to me. And then as soon as the wedding begins, she leaves the church and faints <laughs> of course but and she then, has a premonition she has a premonition she has she has some premonition that's like bullshit and then she goes to see falco yep the day of her best friend's wedding oh i just want to see falco one more time because she's decided that uh falco has told her the truth about his business and she's horrified and doesn't want to know she doesn't want to see him anymore but she knows that he's in town this day, so maybe she can just sneak away for a little bit from her best friend's wedding to say goodbye to this guy. But maybe not say goodbye because I don't know how I feel. Because no one would notice a courtesan or a woman, a, woman a, a noble woman, huge yellow dress <laughs> in a massive formal dress to go see an artist. Right. So she. She had previously seen a bunch of art that had been painted. She had seen one picture. So when they're like researching these dead girls, they find the home of one of the dead girls. And in the home, there's a painting. And it's a painting of the dead girl while she was alive, not dead, we assume. Uh, And then she goes to this art exhibit and she sees a series of paintings, one of which is this dead girl. And the other two in the series are other dead girls. So it's like, well, this is a painting of all the dead girls, so that must mean the painter is the killer. All right, fair assumption. Yep, that's pretty good. Um, CSI that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's putting two together and she's coming up with four. Uh, and then that oh yeah, and then she like she runs into Luca, her fiance, mm-hmm. at the art show. And then he's really evasive and acting like a weirdo. And, and that's another thing. It's like, he doesn't have to be so goddamn evasive. Well, here's the, like, here's another opportunity because like he shows up partway through the story um, and sort of like, you know, with a bucket of cold water to dump all over Cassandra <laughs> and Falco. But he acts like on, at one point he's quite gallant and he's charming. And then he's just a dick. Well, and I think that's because the author wanted to cast suspicion on him, but it doesn't really work. It just comes off as him being a temperamental asshole. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you're kind of like, oh, well, she didn't really know him after all, I guess. But again, more opportunity there to kind of develop that relationship because when he finds out that she's she knows about these murders that are happening in Venice, which is the whole reason why he's in town. And they don't learn that about that till the end of the goddamn book. Yeah. And he's lied about being in town and, and she confronts him on it and he lies about it again. Yeah. Um, it's like, no, here's an opportunity for that relationship to grow. It's like, 
okay, well, you're, you're going to marry a woman who clearly has her own mind and isn't happy just being a society lady and spending her whole day gossiping. Yeah, and you imply also that you actually enjoy that in a woman. Yeah, so, like, you can team up, and won't that be fun for both of you? But just it's squandered. That opportunity is completely squandered. I forgot where we were going with this whole thing. <laughs> anyway, so we were talking about the wedding day. The wedding day. And then how they were, she basically fucks off to go find Falco on her best friend's wedding day. And it ends up in a wine cellar because this dude, Christian, she, who she's met <laughs> once in the book, is like, oh, yeah, come down here. And she's like, okay. After all these warning, warning don't go there alone. Oh, yeah, and then so, all these, oh, and all these rando threat no- notes that are happening. And she knows the murderer is there. So she's just like, okay, I'll come with you alone because I've met you before. And I know that the killer is around here somewhere, <laughs> right? First of all, you have no reason to believe that the killer is at the party. That's, she, yeah, so she's at the party. And then she again, gets a, she, there's a note She has her. another, she's going to have another fainting spell at the party. Hmm. And so she goes to find like a quiet place to sit down. And she's in a room that's full of wedding presents. And one of the presents is a painting. And it looks just like the the paintings of the dead girl. So she's like, well, fuck. That means yeah. Mata is next on the list. So the killer must be at the party. I'm like, no, the killer doesn't have to be at the party. But she assumes so, that he is. Then Christian walks into the room, tells, tells her, her that, that, it's her fa- that her fiance painting. painted that picture. And he's like, oh, and by the way, um, I need you to come to the basement with me. And she's like, okay. okay. <laughs> so she goes down to the basement and he's like, ah, oh, it wasn't me. It's I'm Christian and I'm going to fucking kill you. And I'm the murderer and the painter. And she's like, but your fiance's brother. And this is where I hated it. Instead of going, yeah, Leah, I'm going to kill Mata after you. He's like, no, no, no. That was just a wedding gift. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? What? <laughs> The like, shit, dude. Because she, she notices that Mata is like in the same pose as these women, like the reaching forward women. in this painting. Yeah. And then she's just like, and then he's like, no, 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 it's just a fucking wedding gift. She's fine. It's like, <laughs> You're just like, what the fuck? So anyway, <laughs> so he tries to kill her. Luca all of a sudden comes downstairs because I guess he's been looking for her in the wine cellar. But no, either I think way, actually, well, it's it's unclear because he was looking around. He's searching around anyway because it's so it could have been happenstance, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Luca shows up and saves the day. Yeah, and then because she lights she the guy on real... fire because instead of running, she throws a lantern at the fucker and he his doublet gets on fire. And... Yeah, I feel like she could have done more than just light him on fire because he's still not dead and he still attacks Luca. And he ran away. And, and then broke. he runs away and it's like, no, let him go. And like, then at the end of the book, why? <laughs> I know. And, and, and then so he's like, but this is only the beginning. If we let him go, then we can... Trace no, it's, him no, it's because he's too powerful. It's like you right. can't just go around accusing powerful men of murder. It's like he confessed to me, tried to kill me. Yeah, and then also I'm not you're just, just like throwing accusations then, out there. <laughs> and then he's not that powerful because he's not going to inherit your estate anyway. So, like maybe my well, whole he's thing associated is maybe Luca, with a maybe, super powerful guy. 
Well, wait, wait, wait. So maybe Luca knows something about the Society of the Rose that we don't. No, he absolutely does. Yeah. So maybe this guy has more of a standing in that organization. And that's the only thing I can think of. But the problem is, is when you have to start thinking about other books and what possibly might happen, that's not good. (laughs) Yeah. So this book, like, there's no resolution to... Like she know, there is a resolution is. in the sense that she rejects Falco and then she also re- rejects Luca. No, she doesn't reject Luca. Yeah, she does. Well, she says no, like, she hey, hey. She writes him a letter saying, hey, hey, maybe later. No, she hasn't rejected him. He's just, the, he asked her to go back to France with him. And she's like, maybe later. And she's like, I prefer to stay here because this is where all of my family is. Yeah. But she hasn't, she's rejected Falco outright, but she is betrothed to Luca, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But so, but there's no so that like we know who the murderer is, but there's no satisfactory resolution to that. No. We know why Livinia's body was mi- or Liviana's body was missing. Okay, that's fine. I actually kind of figured that one out partway through the book. But as to like this whole thing with the Eternal Rose, that there's no satisfactory resolution to that. And I think that's a huge problem for this book because every chapter begins with an excerpt from a book this, yeah, called, uh, yeah. like, you know, some, like the Eternal Rose, and it's all like weird resurrectionist uh, and medis- like medical Medicinal, stuff. Yeah, it's medical, like illegal medical studies for the time, essentially. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be really interesting. I can't wait to see where this leads. Well, it leads absolutely nowhere. Yeah, and like it's because they want you to read the next like ten books. And I just it. like. You're just cheating your reader when you do stuff like that. Or it suggests no. that you don't actually know. Well, I, my, I think the <laughs> latter, maybe. So, uh, Rachel, do you, have any, do you have any reviews? Because after we, when we get to the hot or not section, I have a lot to say. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, I have a couple of reviews here. So, this is a 3.37 oh, out of wow. 5. That's very specific. <laughs> It is very specific. Um, okay, one star. Why do I feel like I've just read the twilight of young adult historical fiction? <laughs> I'm not kidding. The only thing Fiona Paul manages to do right is adapt every single conceivable cliche from every second-rate paranormal romance I've ever seen, suckered into uh, I've ever been suckered into reading into this thing nominally set in medieval Venice. Mm, no, I thought it was supposed to be Renaissance Venice. I think it's Renaissance. If you're looking for an independent-minded but ultimately hapless heroine, a ridiculous love-at-first-sight love interest, shallow, predictable drama between the two, and a plot that ultimately goes nowhere despite the promise of a murderer on the loose, yeah, just save yourself the trouble and imagine that last paranormal you read now takes place in Venice a couple hundred years ago. Done. (laughs) (laughs) She's right. She nailed it. Yeah, she did. Um, Here. Okay. This is a five-star rating. Uh, These are her reactions. Cover. Oh my god, that cover's absolutely gorgeous. Now I don't know about you, but I would buy this book just for the cover itself. After reading. Stares at last page. Closes book slowly. Throws book across the room. What was that? So many questions. He did, but she and her has meltdown. (laughs) That's that's pretty good (laughs) (laughs) yep again i feel i don't know why it was five stars (laughs) i felt the same way 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I got for you. All right. Well, I have to say, from my perspective on this book, there is no sex. No, there's a lot of kissing. There's not even a lot of kissing. There is some kissing. Well, this is, here's the thing. I would constantly had to remind myself that I think she's 15. Because her so, age is stated yeah, at one but point. A, but here's the thing is, it's like, even if she's 15 and she's getting married at 16, which was pretty normal for the time, I, like, the lack of action in this book, like, I don't care if they're having sex or whatever, but even the tension, it's just like, I, I, and not not justifiable. I'm I'm gonna go definitely not hot because I was bored, and it was too short the scenes and like, she was always seeing shit and it interrupts stuff. Oh my god, you want to talk about cock blocks? I know, right? <laughs> Every single goddamn time she and Falco lock lips, she finds a reason to stop making out. So and it's and not even thought, like she's doing it on purpose because she doesn't want anything to happen. I it's think, the author is cock blocking her character. And that's the thing. And also like, even if don't she were that. cock blocking, like here's the thing. It's also like the cock blocking aspect of things. It's like, at least let him cock block and say like, Oh, did I see something? But it's okay. always her. Oh, I think I saw someone. Oh my God. I'm so, I, I, just, <laughs> I don't like, want to make out anymore. Something was staring at me at the cross the bridge. I'm like, were you kissing him with your eyes unblinking, staring yeah. upwards? <laughs> like, what is? Who does you know, that? When, when I am in a, I'm just gonna say theoretically, when there's when you're making out with a guy in a boat. <laughs> when I'm making out with a guy in a boat, my eyes are not staring blankly upwards. I'm not taking in my surroundings. I'm <laughs> concentrating on what's right in front yeah, of me. Exactly, like literally right in front of me. <laughs> Like, like it's that shit that I was like really yeah just... and then there's another time when they're going at it and <laughs> his friends knock on the door it's like come on I've, I've had that happen like it wasn't fun <laughs> I get I think this because this is aimed at a younger audience I think this is supposed to be YA uh, that might be why there's no sex but even just the the kissing and the making out it just it's yeah. really unromantic no <laughs> like just like a good makeout session can be like can be pretty exciting yeah and not... it can lead to like it can lead to other things but that I think is why the reviewer nailed it when she was like yeah this is like Twilight but you know somehow worse bullshit yeah <laughs> No sparkly vampires here. Just a dude with blue eyes and dark hair and a lopsided smile. Yeah. and But, yeah, even just, like, the tension between them and when they do kiss, it's like, okay, like, I understand that you're really hot for this dude, but I'm not feeling it. Agreed. Right? And then she starts, she sees Luca, and it's like, oh, Luca's filled out. He's a pretty good-looking dude. It's like, is that all you that care you care about? Yeah. And because neither his, one of these dudes treats you well. But also, like, aside aside from his outbursts, he's actually, Luca's not, like, a terrible person. He's just kind of stereotypical of the time. Yeah, I think he's actually nicer to her than Falco is, like, a straight-up asshole. Falco is and basically, like... she loves her, it! Oh, yeah! <laughs> but, like, even from the beginning of the book, she's he's like, don't you want to fucking come on this boat? Don't you want to know what happens? She's like, okay... 
Yeah. Because he challenges her. And as soon as he challenges her, she gives in. She capitulates. No, he knows just, exactly what he's doing. Oh, yeah. He toys with that fucker all the time. And she's just like, okay. Oh, you're so pretty. Yeah. yeah. She's like, I really want to know about this. But I also kind of want to know about you. <laughs> but I'm never going to ask any questions about yourself. And then I'm going to get really bent out of shape when you disappear for business. And don't tell me what's going on. Even yeah. though I never ask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway rage hot or not not hot not hot no nope. not actually wasn't one of the worst books we've read it, i didn't hate it no as i said i actually really enjoyed the first part of the book i will say this it's 100 pages too long you agreed um and it gets worse mm-hmm. it started off pretty well got worse but the writing itself is actually really good yes and like I didn't see the ending happening the way it did. What do you mean? I, I didn't see Christian being the killer. Oh, okay. Well, because he just sort of comes and goes. So he had yeah. to be up to something and he's associated with this guy who's a little shady. Um, but I didn't think he was the murderer. Like it wasn't it wasn't all that obvious. Well, I was ready to believe that it was Luca. She does a good job of making you yes. think that it's yes, I was, Luca. I was... I would have been pleasantly surprised, actually, if I hadn't looked up. But, but, um, but, but no, that I, whole like, like 11th hour reveal, it's like, I'm the killer and Luca is my brother. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Back up the bus. Wait. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so but actually, like she did a good I she did a good job concealing her killer. But and I didn't hate the book, but I didn't like it as a romance. I didn't like it as a romance and I didn't like it as a murder mystery because the two were at war with each other. She didn't do a good job of blending the two genres together. No, I, I can I can concede that, but I didn't like honestly, it wasn't the worst book we've read. No, definitely not. And as I said, it's actually like her the way she uses language and the actual craft of writing, she's good at it. She's just the art of developing a story, I think. Is where she falls short. Yeah, and definitely the romance aspect of it is a little falling short, I think. Yeah. Because it's too... I don't know. It's it's the fact that she's... Like, her main character is supposed to be strong, but ends up being, like, the weakest fucking chick ever. Yeah, she's actually pretty terrible. And, just, and I guess it just goes to show, if you carry around a journal, it doesn't mean you're fucking smart. <laughs> but that's the other thing. She's got this journal where she wants, first of all, she always talks about how much she wants to write down all of her thoughts, what she never gets around to doing. It's like, well, maybe if you just taken a fucking moment and written yeah. this shit down, you could have figured out what was going on. Oh, she took one day and she wrote down some names and that was it. And that was it. And then she yeah. lost her journal because <laughs> she fainted and dropped it. Yeah. Way to go, bitch. Way to go. <laughs> anyway. That's all, that's all I got. Do you have anything else on this um, one? I do not. No, I'm not going to read. I thought I briefly toyed with the idea of reading um, the next one just because, like, I want to know what's going on with the Society of the Eternal Rose or whatever they call themselves. I think themselves. you're going to be disappointed. But at the same time, yeah, I am going to be disappointed. So I'm just, I'm not going to let it go. All right. Yeah, that's it. All right. Okay. Well, I guess this has been Shelly. <laughs> this has been Rachel. Uh, if you want to reach out and get in touch with us, we encourage you to do that. 
You can email us at candypod, C-and-d-pod at gmail.com. You can tweet us at candypod. And our Facebook is chicks d. <laughs> and there you go. <laughs> so. So I guess, yeah, I don't know. Keep it sexy if you can. Yeah. Stay away from Italy. You ditched me in Venice. Fucking 20 years ago. Get over it. oh that was a short one i know well because there's like there's nothing going on it's a lot of filler for a long book it is a lot of filler frustrating because again i'm like oh this is great this is i'm read i'm just like plowing through this book and then it's like hard stop yeah nothing happens it's like have you read a murder mystery just curious to know if any murder mystery at all, nope. ever nope, in nope, your nope. lifetime. No, 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 no. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, 